As we begin to reintegrate into the world post-lockdown, we're confronted with the fact that our lives are not the same as they were before 2020. And with that comes the realization that a lot of us have to relearn, rebuild, and restart. Struggling to do so myself, I wondered how other people are able to rise from the ashes of crumbled moments throughout their lifetime. I'm Rebecca Lee, and this is season two. How the fuck did you bounce back? Hi, Shane. Hey. <laughs> How are you? How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, like we were talking before, I had yeah. family in town this weekend, so that, that kind of, you know, takes... Being host is just... I was going to say, yeah. How do you feel about, like, entertaining people? It's work. It's... it's. Uh, you should get paid. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's... It, playing host to anybody, it's fun, but it's also just exhausting because you get on such a life rhythm especially out here in this city like i think it's so important to to be able to find some kind of rhythm yeah um and then you know it's like i you know it's this balance of you do need to spend time with family but every time you do it just kind of like resets everything and you just have to find your rhythm again first world yeah. problems what am i talking about here I, no 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 no. it's it but i i completely get it especially when we were talking your family's from the east coast like mm-hmm. my family is so they're already on a different different time zone they come over here they're getting up at like you know 6 7 a.m here which or Let's their go. time which is like 3 a.m here and we're like all right we this is a lot this is a handful so i totally get that um well, thanks for doing this. I'm excited to talk with you because oh, I'm so pumped. the only stuff I know about you is what we talked about uh, when we did a comedy show once. And all I know is that you're funny and great at well, live comedy. You. And so I'm excited to know a little bit more about you. So thanks. Well, so much I think for you're just your as just as funny. You're way funnier, actually. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> such a that was such a fun show. That was one of like, man, it was one of the I think the first improv show I'd done comedy shows, obviously, half the pandemic. But I think that was one of the first like proper improv shows I had I had done after the pandemic and like truthfully I was I was a little intimidated like like there's so many like heavy hitters at that show like improv heavy hitters which yeah. is um yeah it was just this like oh diving back into the deep end I haven't done improv in such a long time but Do you come from an improv background or stand up or Yeah in, improv completely okay, okay, improv okay. like okay. I just started dipping uh, dipping my toe into the stand up scene and and I mean dipping my toe like mm-hmm. for for so many years, and I think I think that that that's why most of us we take the improv path because, I mean, to be completely real, stand up terrified me. Like mm-hmm. the thought of doing stand up, um, the grind. I mean, just I felt like if I was like, all right, if I was ever to do stand up, I was gonna have to like start over and mm. and and start from scratch in this whole new field and like that could be the path for some people but i think you know fortunately for me i had this comedian reach out to me to open for a tour and it was just like something i couldn't turn down and and yeah i'll throw together 20 minutes of Mm stand-up sure no problem wait you had never done it really prior to that Mm -mm. oh shit so like this is just like a friend of yours or someone who saw you do improv or someone saw your work and was like, Oh, he'd be good. Yeah. It was a friend of mine. Um, he does a little bit of non-traditional stand up, just like storytelling, like very mm. heightened storytelling. And he had a, he had a comic that was opening for him, a very traditional, very good stand up, but it just, from what I gathered, it wasn't setting the right tone for what he was doing. Mm. 
And he's like, go out there and just do your characters. And, you know, so I was like, okay, okay. Um, so I worked with, like, a traditional stand-up friend of mine and then somebody I worked with on my characters and kind of, I made a, I made a set of just my comedy, which is um, a little stand-up and mostly characters. Mm. And I'm loving it. Um, I don't know... And mainly this this is probably mostly in my head, but I don't know that it would it would work for every stand up audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those shows that I'm doing with that guy, uh, it's the, the people seem to be into it. You know? Great. So, are yeah. you still are you still like doing the show with him, or is it? Is yeah, it he does over? little like he does blocks of tours. So I think the next one we're gonna do is like a Christmas tour, which I I hope happens with you know COVID and monkeypox right. and all this I know. craziness. But I know it's that's nuts. supposed to be the next one. Oh, that'd be great. Um, uh, tangent. My dog is probably gonna yeah, burst. My dog's probably gonna burst through that door in twenty minutes when he gets dropped off from daycare. Okay. And everything's gonna be fine, but that door is gonna fly open and a dog's gonna run in. I love I'm it. Just you know, just gonna let you know you that. You gotta yes hand it. Yeah, yeah, you must. Um, cool. So, this obviously is all about bouncing back from from shitty times and shitty moments. Is there something in your life, a moment in your life, or um? whether it was as a kid, a uh, teenager, growing up, an adult, um, that like shook you and sort of like rocked you? Um, and how did you come back from it, if, if so? Man, uh, the thing that's coming to me, like it wasn't like a distinct single moment, but mm. it was like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a bunch of little moments. Um, mm. So when I was five years old, I... I was, I'll never forget, like, well, this was, like, a distinct moment. So, when I was five years old, I was in preschool, and I was in, like, a a chorus class. And all of a sudden, we were, you know, we're going around the circles doing our warm-up notes or whatever. And it gets to me, and all of a sudden, uh, my voice just switches. Like, it's like something happened that was, like, I felt it, and it just, like, it, my voice changed. It was very weird, and... You know, I went home that evening and I, I vividly remember being like, t- I vividly remember telling my parents about it and, you know, five, not thinking anything of it. I mean, they knew I was a goofball, so they probably was just like, he's doing a character or something. Kept happening for years. Like, it didn't disappear, didn't dissipate. And um, so around, like, I mean, many, many years later, my parents were like, okay, because we went through, like, he's being a silly kid. Oh, his voice is just changing maybe a little sooner than it should. Maybe. Okay. And then it got to the point where like, maybe we should check this out. Was it just when you were going to sing or was it just random moments when you were talking? It started when I was speaking. Like my voice. Oh, okay. 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 So, so what ended up happening, I got diagnosed with um, this extremely rare neurological condition. Um, it's called spasmodic dysphonia. Oh, wow. And basically what happens with spasmodic dysphonia, and unfortunately for me, most of the time it happens to people in their 50s and 60s, and I'm one of maybe 10 people in human history that have had it at such a young age. Um, But what happens when people get this condition, which is weirdly triggered most of the time by trauma, like intense Mm. trauma. And I'm telling you right here, like, I had a great childhood nothing yeah. bad happened you know i mean i could be blocking some crazy person from you know the, a, a brief yes. moment i don't think that's likely it can also just happen to people you can wake up and you can just get it 
But what happens when you get this condition, it's like a switch, uh, it's like a trigger switched inside what they're figuring is the part of the brain where Parkinson's happens. And then basically what happens is a switch just happens and the signal from your brain to your vocal cords stops working properly. So for me in particular, it's gotten over the years to a much better place. But when I was younger, my voice was horrible and... Yeah, elementary school was fine because kids aren't as brutal, but mm. middle school, high school was miserable. And then you just pair that with, I had this undeniable urge to be a performer. Right. Like I picked up a video camera at age of 10, started making funny videos with my friends, which then that turned to YouTube and every social media platform past that. And I was also, and I always just wanted to be an actor but I had this vocal condition that was limiting me. Mm -hmm. And over the years, it was just, um, I found the more, the more I did things, it did get a little better. And what I mean by do things is do things that scares me. Mm. Um, it was almost, it felt like a muscle that if I kept just making it stronger, things got easier, but it didn't disappear. And it's, this is going to sound so like, um, poetic or super dramatic and I don't mean for it to but like the battle switched from being a literal battle in my voice to being a mental thing mm. especially when I moved out here to Los Angeles because there was a couple instances and not many which was nightmare instances in my head as an actor where I would be on set and you know a director might need me to say something in a very particular cadence or way and it it does, this condition, it limits me on how I can say things in certain pitches, how I can mm. say things in certain ways. And which that's, that's why I've always gravitated to doing characters because like there's so many pitches that are just, I can almost be completely effortlessly. But most of the time, 99% of the time, most people aren't thinking of how they're speaking. They're just speaking effortlessly. For me, I have to think about it. And it's mm. like, imagine thinking about having how your motor function works every time you take a breath. Mm -hmm. For me, that's what's happening every time I speak. It's like, I have to think about the motor functions and everything. And then pair that with acting when you're supposed to be like, hey, you're supposed to be completely connected with the other person. It's gotten better and easier over time. But there was like a time around 2016, 2017... You know, I was at a I was at a low point in my career, you know, more mentally than anything. And I just, I would see people on TV and I they would be performing and speaking so effortlessly. And I'm just like, it would get to the point where I was like, I could never do that. I could never do that. I could never do that. Um, and I felt like, I felt like I was imprisoned in this freaking, mm. can I curse on this? Uh, yeah, the title is How the Fuck Did You Bounce You're right. You can say I, whatever you want. I assume I've that maybe that was the times. one curse word that we could say, just <laughs> yeah, the title. just that um, and then nothing else. No, but I just was trapped in this fucking voice, you know? And it really, everything changed for me when, um, and I, I will, I promise there, I will end this in shortly, but No, don't. This is the best. I mean, not thanks. the best in the situation, but like no, no, you no. sharing this I appreciate is that. incredible. And no, you don't um, need to limit yourself. Everything changed for me. A couple years ago, I I made the very tough decision um, to make a short film about this, which 
which also was the first time I'd ever gone public. Like, like pu- very, very public to the extent mm-hmm. of I was working with the national organization and I was... Wow. I went from being so private and uh, terrified of what it would do for me and it... The exact opposite happened for me and it just felt like I started taking this big old bag of rocks off of my shoulder one rock at a time and I'm not at the most like fully comfortable part of the journey yet with it but fuck I'm so much further than I used to be yeah um, it's you... it's a trippy it's 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 yeah. a trippy thing to try to explain to people yeah that's what I mean I had no idea um is that something like w- can I ask like what you can your ask me fear... anything. Oh, great um can you can I ask like what your your fears about going public were and then what happened when you did go public like did those fears come to fruition what did something else happen instead did something unexpected happen instead or like what was that like like expectations versus reality i think my fears um were i know and now that i'm thinking about it's totally ego-based but like what how it would affect my position in the industry Mm. like would casting directors find this out about me and then be like, oh, well, we got to cast somebody that can speak fully effortlessly. But then I just really started changing the narrative in my mm-hmm. head from how it limited me to this is how I fucking talk. This is this is my instrument. This is this is my I hate sounding this corny sometimes, but this is my fucking paintbrush that I'm bringing. To the <laughs> no, but it, it no, is. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm just I'm trying to change that. I mean, there's still times where. The frustrations creep in, you know, mainly just internally of, you know, I'll be doing a self-tape and I'm like, I know exactly how I want to say this part, which I don't know is a good way to be in a self-tape because that's kind of self-directing and not being in the moment of the mm. of the scene. But those are when the frustrations happen. It's just like when it does limit me, it still frustrates me at times. But I think with any... I don't know, I guess with any bad relationship or, you know, something that you feel like is limiting you, like it's a, it's a journey to like, to flip your perspective on it. Like, cause there's no flipping of a switch of like, I hate this. Like I hated it about myself. And that is 30 years of hate. Like that's a lot of dark energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's been a, a daily practice of pivoting you know mm-hmm. yeah and did did the end like do you know if people in the industry like were like mm, this person like I, we need someone who speaks more eloquently or whatever however you said that or what were you more embraced than you thought you would be i mean eh, i mean you're still you're still working and doing a great working, job of yes. it so i'm working yeah so i think that um if anything it's probably just made my work better in a way like mm. it's taken it's taken the like stranglehold off of the most important tool that we need access to a little bit and you know I have I have booked more and and there hasn't been an instance where I've been on a set yet where anyone's been like what the fuck what are you why are you saying right. this this way right um I mean what is most tough for me and I've had to do you know I've had to experience it a couple times is ADR sessions can be difficult mm. because when I'm on a set and I do a scene, 
it's it's like uh, you know i mean adr is tough for anybody so it's like mimicking yeah. a performance on the day of on top of it like mimicking a vocal condition it's that's i think adr is the most difficult thing um and maybe you know one day i'll get somebody to like voice match me or you know yeah. maybe i'll be in a position one day where it's not as much of a challenge and maybe that's my next hurdle i have to get past yeah. is just getting a little more comfortable with it but do you feel like because you um went through the hurdle of like going public with this that like other hurdles don't seem as big because you're like oh well i already did this like huge thing like i can it'll be i don't know, you know what i mean i've um well, I mean, since then I've done started doing stand up. Um, I was gonna say, like you, I know you through live comedy, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't know. I've always been very kind of fearless when it comes to putting myself out there. But this was like the, to me, the most intimate thing that I've never mm-hmm. like told people about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's an interesting question. I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, I just, I say it because, like, you know, I, this is obviously not at all the same thing, but this is, like, kind of my version of that is, like, being a a woman in comedy and, well, being, like, a theater-trained actor first, then going into comedy and being, like, should I, and again, this is not at all the same thing. Oh, no. Um, But, like, what are comedians going to think when they know that like I'm I come from like dramatic shit that I never thought I would be here and then I'm also queer I'm I'm also pansexual and it's like I didn't talk about that because I'm like okay well what is the industry going to think about that um what are the comedians going to think about that how am I going to be portrayed am I going to still like get work so it's like a version of that and I feel like um anytime you're like othered or or whatever it's like it's really tricky, especially when, like, you don't see that represented in the world around you, you know? And I can imagine mm-hmm. you're not seeing it because it's such a rare condition that it's, like, you don't have anyone before you that you know of who you can talk to about it uh-huh. um, that, that came before you in the industry or, or things like that. And so I can imagine that's, like, very difficult to not have someone to chat with. I'm, I mean, did you meet people through it sounds like you worked with the organization and Mm. did you meet like other people and like was that helpful at all there's so many things i want to touch on with all you just said oh Uh, yeah no no, uh well the first thing i want to say is uh you know i think imposter syndrome affects every one of us like i feel like everything i start to do uh i'm like they're gonna find me out like Mm -hmm. with stand-up i the first couple shows i do there would be like these traditional stand-ups that would either be hanging around the clubs or uh hosting us and and I would always leave the stage because, like, what I'm doing is very non-traditional. Like, I go up, I do five minutes of traditional stand-up of, like, here's who I am. Get to know me. And then I go into characters and I put on, like, a jacket or, like, a wig. And, like, I go full tilt and play with the audience and do, like, full characters. So it's very non-traditional. So at these clubs, I would always, like, go off stage and talk to these comics. And and they'd be like, oh, that was great, man. That was great. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it's I know it's non-traditional. I know it's not, like, traditional comedy, like... I mean, I can't do this everywhere. And they're like, you're doing your, you're doing your right. stuff. Like, like you felt matter. the need to like justify. I felt the need it. to like, yeah. because I felt like at some point someone's going to be like, you're an imposter. Get out of here. Like, and that's what I felt like on sets occasionally is like, until I get comfortable, like, I always feel like there's this like little period of time where I'm like, oh, they're going to find out about my voice and they're going to be like, why did we cast this guy? Like he tricked us. 
uh, he's an imposter, that whole thing. So I think that that is normal with everybody. And it's whether it's a vocal condition or whatever, we all deal with something that we feel like. And it's so silly, but I do feel like we're in the best time specifically in this industry for inclusivity. Like, Mm -hmm. like everybody has a place. Everybody has a, uh, a voice, you know, no pun intended, but like, and I think that's, that's why I like, I did this short when I did, because I felt like it was the best time to do it. I don't know if 10 years ago it would have been accepted like it was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I think like it might not have been accepted well, and that would have crumbled me <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but I did feel like I've, the industry is in a place where it's just open to hearing everybody's stories. Um, and if anything, I think like we're heading towards a time where it's like, why can't there be actors with vocal conditions? Like there's one th- one thousand percent. There's humans with vocal conditions. Right. Like, exactly. Um, if anything, it just changes things up a little bit. Um, well, if anything, it represents our world better. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because it's like our world is not that. Our world has this type of person and this type of person and this type of person. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's see that. Like Absolutely. I want to see that. And there was a second part to your question <laughs> that I. God, I wanted to hit, and I went on a damn tangent. <laughs> no, I I also was very tangenty, so I'll probably I'll remember it, and um, but let's continue. And <laughs> yeah. if it hits me, it'll hit me. Well, damn it's also it. just like a shame when we feel like we have to be a certain way, or act a certain way, or speak a certain way, or dress a certain way because the authentic version of us is so much more uh, interesting mm. than like the the version that is conforming to everyone around them. And it's like, you have a unique perspective because you've been through what you've been through. I have a unique perspective, same reason, you know? And it's like, when we hide that, it's like you're hiding, you know, a gift to the world. So it's like, it's scary to like be your full authentic self, um, especially if it's different, but it's... It's the hardest part of what we do. Oh my God, yeah, totally. Um, But it's so beautiful and also like, good work comes out of that because it's like you have a different perspective i don't know i just feel like i feel like you know what i mean absolutely um uh you were talking before okay so you do characters is there like i'm very interested i would love to see you perform too um uh whenever you have another show i guess in christmas or holiday time but um that was there a time that your um vocal condition what is it called again spasmodic dysphonia spasmodic dysphonia okay that that was beneficial to you in doing characters because it seems like you i mean i could be wrong i'll let you answer that first no no no. Um, well i think the way that it it was beneficial was more mentally um because back in element like middle school high school when it like it started you know kids just like change kids change in middle school and high school and they start like finding anything they can to like pick on people and mm-hmm. you know i had the whole package i was like a hefty kid red hair freckles vocal condition like yeah. i had like everything but you know for me like i i'm one of the many that's like comedy found me because like i quickly found out like if i could do funny voices or impressions or act like jim carrey or whatever mm-hmm. it was like oh that kept the attention or they kept the laughter with me not happy mm. but like the thing that terrified me the most was doing like speeches 
And so I don't know how I did it, but I did it. Every speech I ever had in middle school and high school, I got to do it as a character. Mm. I got to do it as an impression of the teacher. I got to do it as anything other than my voice, which then just made it easier because different pitch it, different pitches um, are just easier for me. And, right. Um, I remember the next part of your sentence or Yay! your qu- question from earlier. You uh, you asked me had I ever met anybody yes. with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll do a quick tangent then back. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, you got it. I had never met or spoke to anybody with this condition until I until I started working on the the short that I was doing. It's called mm-hmm. Cookie. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to see it. Amazing. Um, no, and it was crazy. So I uh, it was important to me like because there's uh, an actress that play somebody with a condition and we did a extensive search to try to find somebody to to that actually have the condition to portray it but like finding an actor with this extremely rare condition of only 50,000 people in the country roughly have this condition wow you know so finding a, a strong enough actress with it was just almost impossible um impossible we couldn't find anybody mm-hmm you know, so we found somebody that that really took it seriously, and but it was also very important to me that um, I had people, other people, other than me with the condition mm-hmm. to help me make this, help as producers and just be involved from the beginning, and that was, it, I'll never forget. It's like the, one of the first people who is now like a very close friend of mine. Her name's Stephanie. Uh, I spoke on the phone with her and I just had this moment of like, oh my God, you're the first person I'm ever speaking to with this condition. And mm-hmm. I was 32 at the time or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and like, mm-hmm. that's a, that was a mind fuck. Um, but we, you know, every one of us that have this kind of bond quickly and, you know, and the thing is, is like, I don't ever, you know, admit or uh, claim to suffer because there are people that truly suffer with this condition. Like there's some people that when they're speaking, it, sounds like this the mm-hmm. whole time like in mm-hmm. um jordan peele's second movie us us was the second one mm-hmm. lapita nyango she portrayed somebody with the condition oh okay. you know and that uh was a pretty accurate depiction um but <clears throat> yeah so people that like we had a we had a test screening of the of the short and we invited a bunch of people with the condition and it was it was heartbreaking, like how, hearing talkbacks and like how it affected people, and um, that was the first time I had been around that many people with the condition, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, do you feel like um, did you feel less alone and more supported to like have that community oh, around yeah, you? Oh yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Has that been beneficial? Like, do you keep in touch with any of anybody, or like, ha- yeah, do they have yeah, like especially the people I worked on the short with? Yeah. Like, Oh, excuse me. We became like quick friends and um, yeah, I try to, there's like support groups on Facebook and stuff. And right. I try to like anybody that, cause I get, you know, and the hard part is I get, since I've gone public with the condition and with the mm-hmm. short, I get so many people that reach out and like, how did you get your condition to such a mild case? How do you, how are you acting? Like all these questions. And I wish I had a de- definitive answer, but I mean, I'm not kidding you when I've told you I've tried so many things really to and i think they may you know everything might have helped get to this mild case or mild uh, as mild of a case that i do have but i've tried uh, acupuncture hypnotherapy regression therapy like meditations uh every supplement you can think of yeah. like medications 
um, the one, this is going to blow your mind, the one quote-unquote treatment that is, that is out there for this condition, and it's it only it only provides like two three to four months of relief is Botox injections into your vocal cords through your through your throat, which Damn. which I tried it three times. Okay. And um, there, and to go a little deeper in the explanation of it, I'll keep this brief. The condition, there's two types of the condition. Fortunately for me, like I have the even more rare type, which affects the muscles behind the voice box. So most people that get the Botox injections, they put a scope down your throat and they can see where they're going to inject. And it's oh, a pretty sure. quick process, not necessarily a comfortable process, but it's pretty quick for me. It was a more difficult pr- procedure, so they had to go in with a scope in one nostril, and the other nostril, they had to insert this numbing agent <clears throat> into my breathing tube. And the doctor was like, "You don't panic, or you're gonna, or no, they were like, it's gonna feel like you're drowning for like 15 seconds." And I'm like, "Oh, six, 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 dope, got it." Oh my god! And you know, so they're like, "Do everything you can to try not to panic." But I had a panic attack. Like the doctors had to come in and like hold me down. And then you, your body gets used to it. You kind of acclimate. And then they're just shooting blind. They're, sen- they're sending in needles through my breathing tube blind. And we tried three sessions a week apart and they never, never successfully got it. After the third session, I was like, all due respect, doctor. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. But I was just yeah. like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Um, so that's even more of a frustrating thing and like why I want to bring awareness to this is like it's just like it's so rare and it's such a low priority to the medical industry mm. to find a cure that's like, all right, this is all we know that helps some people. And on top of it, it's such an excruciating experience. Like, have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is like that is like what nightmares are made of. I can't imagine sucked. someone it being was... like, hey, you're going to feel like you're drowning. But that's what that's what's gonna happen, and you do it three times or I guess more if people mm-hmm. like keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there he is. There he is. Hi, Bubba. Okay, chill out. No, yeah, it. That right was now. like one of that was one of the top ten. Yeah, look at there. What's his name? Uh, his name's Professor Beard. Professor Beard. <laughs> um, that was one of the top ten like worst experiences of my life. Of course, that's that's terrifying and traumatizing mm-hmm. um do you ever have moments where like you just feel down about it or just like are not having a good day and if so like what do you do to kind of like soothe yourself in those moments or get yourself out of those moments or even i've talked to some people who are just like yeah i just in- I, I i'm sad i indulge in the sadness f- and then you know, I'll put a time limit on it or whatever. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get back to the real world. So I'm just curious of how you, um, how you manage Mm. that. Yeah. I mean, it's always different. Like there's sometimes where it just like it, you know, the thing that gets me is there'll be occasionally like I'll, I'll test out, like I've been a, I've been a a guinea pig for like supplements and things like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I'll like constantly like test out these new supplements and, you know, sometimes maybe it's just like placebo effect, but It'll, I'll feel a difference and I'll mm. get so hopeful. And then a couple of days later or a week later, it d- dissipates. Mm. Mm. And uh, that's mm. when I start, that's when I get a little depressed. Like yeah. the depression, the depression episodes with it definitely aren't as intense as they used to be, but they, they still pop up and it's, 
it's random things. Like I'll, I'll have good voice days. I'll have bad voice days. And I can't pinpoint it to any reason that they happen. Um, I wish I did because I would just like fine tune into it. Like, you know, stress definitely affects it. Um, mm-hmm. but how do we completely get rid of stress in our life? That's like impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, a lot of it is like good, good days, bad days, you know, when I get optimistic and then like it pivots, that affects, affects it, affects my mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like, it's a roller coaster. Yeah. But if you're like having a depressed day or whatever, mm-hmm. like what do you do to soothe yourself or like what do you do to get over it? trying to think of recently like one that i i had one recently and what oh, i did or like how do you, uh, you know what care, I did? how do you take care of yourself you know what moments? i did recently that um i'm like okay this kind of helped i and i didn't plan this it just kind of happened so it was uh i had a uh, something happened in the morning with locally like i think it was after like i tried to supplement and like it didn't it was working then it didn't work and and i had a very like I had a low mental morning, like I was super depressed. And then I, I had people coming over to shoot a, a comedy sketch. And immediately when they came over and we started shooting, it just made my day better. Like it made me happier. Everything pivoted. And even my fiance, she was just like, I was worried this was going to be one of those low days. Like, but I'm like, you, you shifted and like, I was so happy. Like, so it's like, okay, I just have to, I have to find something to make me busy. Like mm. whether it's a comedy sketch or shooting a stupid TikTok or something, just, just find something to distract myself. Okay. It's yeah. so much easier said than done though. Like, cause it is, yeah. there's comfort in just like sitting in that sadness and. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Sadness and depression is debilitating. Like, like I remember before I was on medication for depression, just someone being like, just like get up and like go on a walk. And I was like, okay. I don't think you get it. Like I cannot get up out of bed. I Mm-mm. can't do it. I like physically and mentally cannot do it. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's definitely easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, definitely. Do you, have you like, does, have you been to therapy? Like, does that help? Or um I've talked a lot about me, like me being on like mental health medications and that's super helpful for me, Uh but it sounds like, um, maybe your depression's, uh, uh, circumstantial. And so like it wouldn't benefit from medication. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I have, uh, I try, I tried, uh, like Wellbutrin for a second. That was the only, and, but I tried it for like two or three weeks and I hated how it made Uh, me feel. Really? That's the one I'm on. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do you like how, are you like how it makes you feel? Yeah, I do. But I've tried so many okay. different medications before I found this. Like I everybody's was on, different. Totally. Um, yeah, for me that was the only one I tried. I haven't tried anything since then. I'm not opposed to. I just I'm definitely like hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done like I said, I've done every kind of therapy, like traditional therapy, which mm-hmm. you know ends up just like like you said, it ends up being one of those things. It's like it is a trigger of my depression, but they don't. There's nothing they can do about it for mm-hmm. traditional therapy. I've been to speech therapy which exercise there's certain vocal exercises that are helpful i definitely like have a several in my back pocket that i do before auditions and Mm -hmm. performances or i probably look like a damn lunatic driving down the street sometimes Mm -hmm. um but i've also done like even like more out there things like that are really interesting and i'm completely into regression therapy like past life like stuff is i've had like 
crazy trippy moments in like a past life se- uh, regression therapy session. I've done even like sounds, it sounds weird at first, but there's this lady out here and I wish I could remember her name, but she does like a form of like, it's, it's not exorcism, but she does like a form of like exorcism of like trying to seek if you have any like energy or mm-hmm. entities attached to you. And I'm like, well, what the fuck if I have some entity attached to my voice for 30 years? Like mm-hmm. I did that, but it was just, it was more very relaxing. And like I said, I am very open-minded to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I haven't like dove deep into mainly because uh intimidation is like psychedelics like Mm. psilocybin mushroom Mm -hmm. um that's something uh, i'm definitely interested in but i haven't like touched yeah i'm still very much a baby when it comes to well i i will hook you up with the mushrooms and you hook me up (laughs) with that past life uh regression there oh yeah because i've never done that but i've always wanted to do it oh my god it seems like you really need to find like a good one and not just like a random human who's like i do this thing um yeah and well i'll tell you this like i experienced like an insane moment in in the session with her to the moment to the point of afterwards she's like i've never experience anything like this and it didn't i don't it didn't affect my voice at all but like it was crazy like briefly i'll explain what happened yeah like, i would love so to hear she you know first guy do like very traditional hypnotherapy session she's like you're walking down a garden um you, you see the garden see in the distance there's a bench and sit on the bench and when you mm-hmm. sit on the bench i'm gonna tap your head five times uh one two three four five and i'm not kidding you when she tapped my head the fifth time and she's like it's gonna feel like you're making up whatever you're seeing and i'm like i was kind of already checked out at that point because i'm like i'm a fucking improviser i'm an actor like Mm -hmm. but when she tapped me the fifth time i was pulled to a different i'm not getting a different fucking time where these like the only way i can describe them is like a middle uh, uh, middle ages um, type of dressed people were surrounding me as I was on the ground beating me with like sticks and it was just like and I she said I was like jolting and like shaking and I started hysterically crying and then it was over quicker than I could like experience it but it was so vivid and terrifying yeah um but also so fucking awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. What crazy. did you, like, what was like, was, was there anything helpful that came out of that? Or like, I wish, I wish there was. <laughs> You're like, the, this was awesome. Like terrifying, awesome, but, but awesome. Didn't, didn't, I didn't do anything. And you know, maybe yeah. like I could like dig deeper into it. Um, I just haven't since, cause it was also a yeah. pretty pricey session. And of course, um, but I think there's it's just, so, I think there's so much to, you know, past life trauma, even like pass on trauma from family members. Like, oh my, yeah, my great grandfather was like in World War Two, like third boat that touched Normandy Beach on the D-Day invasion. Like, experienced trauma like I will never experience. I hope I'll never experience. And that shit just gets passed on. Like, mm-hmm. you know. So I think there's so much to that, and I think one day we'll be able to really learn more about that kind of shit and Mm -hmm. which is really exciting i don't know if in our lifetime hopefully maybe but then i think and only then will we be able to scratch the surface of curing things like i'm experiencing that are just purely Mm -hmm. neurological based like why does parkinson's happen to people why did why does why do things like that just happen to people out of nowhere 
Right. I think there's reasons. And I think yeah. that we don't understand it completely. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like this. the universe is so big and wild. It's like mm-hmm. we could never understand everything. And then especially if we're not even trying to, you know, which is like it's also tricky because, well, what our healthcare system is already fucked. But Ridiculous. like it's the worst um but also it's like they don't even if you have insurance which is very hard to get um even if you have it it's like it doesn't cover a lot of like holistic treatments Mm -hmm. um and those get expensive like even when i like i have insurance and even that doesn't cover like acupuncture or like you know anything in that world um Uh and so it's like impossible to do so it's like okay i guess i'll just like keep taking medicine but would love to get to the root of this uh but can't and that and that's why it's hard for me when reach people reach out to me like because i always give the list of just things i've tried and but i also know i'm coming from a place of privilege Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. to have been able to do all these things and the hardest part of like hearing people that struggle from sd or the people that don't have health insurance because Otherwise, they can't afford the Botox injections, which right. give them then which they have to get every four months to just keep a job. It's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have a whole episode about how mm-hmm. fucked uh, our healthcare system is. <laughs> but um, uh, can you think about a time wh- that you exceeded your own expectations? Like maybe you went into it thinking, um, like not having a maybe having a pessimistic outlook or thinking like I can't do this or I don't know why I'm trying to do this, but then you exceeded your expectations. Literally every time I step on a set. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing that's coming to mind recently is, you know, I did, I did some work on last, uh, last season of the show station 19 and mm-hmm. going into that show, I was very intimidated because it's a heavy drama and You know, I was only supposed to do one, maybe two episodes and a very small part. And, you know, for me, it's like if I can't be silly or big, which is my comfort zone, I'm like, I I always go into it a bit intimidated, mainly for my voice, my voice, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it'll, excuse me, I feel like it'll limit me or whatever. And um, fortunately for me, they let me start to be silly and goofy and they start writing myself into the character and one and two episodes turned into 11. I was on Holy the whole shit. I was on the whole fucking season which was surreal. So that was clearly something I went into like uh, I don't know about this. This is one of those heavy dramas and um uh, I just I I went into it doubtful and I definitely yeah, I, it exceeded my expectations. Um How how did that happen? Like so you go in you have two days you're like shooting it and then they just like on their own wrote you more stuff or i assume you had a that's exactly how it happened yeah i was only supposed to be i mean i auditioned a one line part like yeah. it was only you know i think supposed to be maybe two episodes and they just kept checking avails for the next episodes and inviting me to table reads and fuck it was surreal and then before i know it i'm just like caught up halfway through the season and i'm like is this my life now like uh, oh and then you you know as actors we get ahead of ourselves and like oh i'm gonna be here forever this is about yeah. how it's gonna always be and yeah um it was amazing like they let me i mean that's how i feel like it always should be like in you know unless you're playing like a very specific part but like the best performances are when people are getting to just be themselves mm-hmm. and they're not being like 
there's not a microscope over them to say things exactly at least this is how i direct like when yeah, i direct yeah. things it's like i want the actors that i've hired to paint the picture with their fucking brush like mm-hmm. say things mm-hmm. how they yeah. would say these things and and um that's really how i feel like what happened with this which was such um a dream it was a dream it was a dream country because you know every other part that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to book has been, you know, single episode parts. Right. And this is like how, what we always want. Consistent yeah. work, you know. That came out of an audition of one line. That one is line. so wild and also incredible. And um... it, it's it was surreal and it's very rare. But like I, I've told many people since and it's like never discredit co-star auditions, especially if it's like a fucking fun part. Just just put yourself out there for it. You never fucking know. It literally changed my career. Like yeah. from it, uh, I've got, you know, the whole thing. I'm like, I got better representation, which is now getting mm-hmm. me better auditions. And right. it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that co-star audition. Yeah. Which, and it's also like so hard. I mean, this is very specific to actors, but like when you get a one line audition, you're like, oh, it's, it's, how am I going to make this sure. fun to do for me? Because like, it's, it's not that much acting required, if any, for this. Like, that's not true. Sometimes it's harder than actual, like, auditions. Sometimes they can be. Yeah. I would just tell people to always make a – take a risk. Like, for me, it was yeah. – in the scene, I think maybe what made, maybe made me stand out. But it also could have just, like, been thrown immediately aside as we were at, like, a uh, – it was in the lunchroom at a fire station and everybody was eating. And I so I just filled my mouth with fucking – apple and i spoke my line through a mouthful of food and the character was a bit of an asshole so i was like he would speak with his mouth full mm-hmm. so it's like make a big bold choice that fits your character or the givens of the character mm-hmm. and just say fuck it because like mm-hmm. everybody else or most people are also probably doing it the same way that your instincts yeah. are telling you so I'm always for like going against your instincts for like those kinds of parts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super good advice. Um, and also like goes to just show you like how bringing yourself into um, your job or just like being more authentically you in every aspect of life is so helpful because it's like what got you not only the job but uh, multiple other episodes mm. is like by who you are yeah um, but and again like we said earlier i think it is the hardest part of being human but also on yeah. top of being an actor it's just like mm-hmm. you're born this perfectly free creature and then over the years you put all in all these onion layers of insecurities and fucking mm-hmm. bullshit and and so our job as actors is if we have all those layers we gotta whatever it is for us like peel them off mm-hmm. one at a time like, mm-hmm. however that is for you. And I think everybody, it's different. Yeah, totally. Did you ever have any moments where you're like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can. I mean, I know I can act, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if this is going to be a career path Oh, for my me. God. I've quietly given up and quit so many times. <laughs> what, um, what, what keeps you going? an audition or some bullshit yeah, yeah, that pops up. That, mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I get over that feeling pretty quickly and I'm surrounded and have been surrounded by a great family and great people. Like my fiance is my rock right now. Like she mm-hmm. fucking fuck has to unfortunately deal with my bad days. But like, you know, I think that it's funny when you have a good partner. I think you both of you never usually have a bad day. It's like one mm. person does. The other person is it's, it always seems to happen like that, at least in my experience. But mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I, I've quietly given up so many times or just like watched. It's always when I watch, it sucks. It's getting better. But it, I went through a period when I could not watch anything on television or film like without like putting myself in the shoes of the actor that's speaking so effortlessly and being like, I couldn't fucking do that. I couldn't even enjoy what I was watching because I just, I would just always try to, I would always at some point put myself in a part that like maybe I could have auditioned for or something, you know, like, and just been like, well, fuck, I could have never said that line that way because I also, Mm -hmm. I also know with this condition, there are certain, there are certain words that are more difficult to say or certain like connecting words that are more difficult to say together. So it's like when I see a script Oh man, it's the best feeling in the world when I read it and I'm like, oh, these are all words that are easy for me. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, sometimes I see a script and there's one fucking word that's difficult for my condition. And it's like, all right, how do I, how do I trick it? Like, how do I like mm-hmm. use uh, one of my tricks to make it easier? Um, and then hopefully if I book it, that I can use my trick on set. Yeah. Know? How do you uh, learn, you just learn tricks through like, exper- like life experience? Years of fucking, yeah. you know, like conversations and experiments and shit yeah uh if you were talking to somebody who's like either experiencing the same condition that you have or um even just like doesn't feel like uh like sees other people doing the thing and be like i can't do that thing because i have x y and z um like do you have any like advice that you would give them Um, i know that's like such a big question no no i mean but but it is so important because i mean uh uh, you know, I'll do the typical, like, if I had, if I got to talk to myself. Yeah. I think, like, the thing I would have told myself is, like, well, I think you first ask yourself or ask this person. And I'll use entertainment industry as an example. Because I've had people, like, come forward to me, like, it's crazy. Since I did that short, of course, a month or two later, an actress that was around the age of what we were looking for came forward and was like, thank you for making this. I'm like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But no, like what I would like to ask these people first is like really do some deep soul searching of like, is this really what you want, what you want to do and no judgment if it is or isn't like, if it is though, then I think you just have to go on that journey of self acceptance, which isn't a quick mm. one, which isn't an easy one, which isn't the same path for every person. But you got to just experiment. And that's why when people with spasmodic dysphonia in particular reach out, I just give them a list of what worked for me. And I tell them, try as much of this as you can. And if something feels good and starts to working, starts working, fucking add it to your tool belt. Like, mm. you know, because I think people with depression find the same, like they find their own ways of dealing with it. People with anxieties you know, find their own tool belt of dealing with it over time. It's not like the flip of a switch, but I think you just have to literally find your own path of uh, managing your issue to get to the, your true self. Like, because that's the only way you're going to succeed as an actor. Because I think people look at audition tapes or performances and they can just tell if a person is fully comfortable in their own skin um and those people that are or are close to i think are usually always the ones that stand out and end up being more successful and i'm not claiming that i'm there yet or even close i'm like still on my journey but since i've started taking that bag of rocks off my shoulder like one at a time like 
I've seen changes in my career. Like it's things have started to happen that weren't happening before. And I got to imagine it's because I've started to love myself a bit more than hating myself, like hating myself. Yeah. And that's like a journey in and of itself. Just like learning what self-acceptance is and learning to love yourself instead of hate yourself. Like that shit does not happen overnight. And also, and also it's like a life, at least in my experience, it's like a lifelong thing. Like it's not just like, oh, I went to therapy for a year and now I love myself and I'm good for the rest of my life. It's like, no man, like something else is going to come up and that it's going to like shake you in some Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And it's whether or not like you can stay on the same path of like Mm -hmm. loving yourself and and kind of working around that. It's funny you said that I was watching um, the Steve O from Jackass. Mm -hmm. He recently, he had a podcast with uh, Bam Margera, who was somebody I idolized when I was like a teenager and he's struggling currently with like alcoholism and drug addiction and and you know it's 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 tough it's tough to watch and Steve-O just had him on his podcast who obviously went through many years of like substance abuse alcoholism and uh Bam was just like oh, I did a year of rehab and now I'm good and Steve-O was like whoa 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 no 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 the journey of um of being a recovering and being an alcoholic is lifelong it's a mm-hmm. lifelong journey and i think that 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 probably is true to anything you suffer from or struggle with. Like you got to know that it's, there's no in, there's no finish line. Like, it's not like, Oh, and as much as like, I, I do hope like one day, like I've always hoped and prayed like one day, like after some supplement or I wake up and my voice is just miraculously better. I do. I do acknowledge it's going to be a bunch of little things that get me there, you know? Yeah. 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 And like, don't discount the like little things too. I feel like, we as a society as a whole we focus on like the big things so much more than the little things we want quick like, fixes we uh-huh. want quick fixes mm-hmm. but you know those little things are pretty powerful mm-hmm. um thanks so much for your time We're oh my about god thank an you hour, so thank you for um thank you for giving me an hour of your time uh it's been so wonderful thanks and for i having appreciate me. you oh my god of course i appreciate you and um sharing something that's vulnerable and something that you weren't comfortable sharing before um before you made this short and i'm so excited for everybody to listen to it yeah 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 you can check it out it's cookie uh, just search cookie short film on youtube amazing thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you bounce back with guest shane hartline he's an actor and a comedian based out of los angeles We talked a lot in this episode about his condition, which is spasmodic dysphonia and what it was like to grow up with that condition, what it's like to be an actor with that condition. Something that we talked about in this episode and in previous episodes this season and last season was this idea of reframing thoughts. Specifically, Shane talked about changing the narrative from how this condition limits him to, well, this is just like how I talk and this is who I am. And I think really um reveling in your authentic self is something that helps with confidence and bouncing back and something that goes hand in hand with that is this um this idea that the journey to flip your perspective on things doesn't happen overnight and it's it's a daily practice of pivoting and reframing thoughts we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome and how that relates to being a performer and an artist um and feeling sort of like less alone in the fact that like well you know a lot of creative people and you know, people in general um, struggle with imposter syndrome. Then we talked a little bit about things that Shane does when he's feeling down or when he's in um, a depression. And he talked about, you know, feeling that sadness and then distracting yourself. He said he distracts himself with things he loves, like um, 
shooting a sketch and things like that. And then we talked about being open-minded about healing yourself and the treatments that come around that, whether it's, you know, therapy or past life regression, hypnotherapy, acupuncture, medication, being open-minded to trying different things. And then we talked about this path to self-acceptance and what that looks like and how to manage your insecurities. And he used this analogy of taking the bags of rocks off your back one at a time. And I think that just is so well put because sometimes when we're faced with adversity, it looks too daunting to take on, right? It's this big thing. But if we can slowly deal with it and slowly heal bits of ourselves a little bit at a time, it makes taking on the challenge a lot more manageable. Thanks again for listening. New episodes every Thursday. (laughs) 